Good morning, friends. Today's message is recorded in uh, cold Lombard, Illinois. My message today is entitled, um, Patience Is. I debated about just calling it, um, Give Me Patience and Give It to Me Now. It's based on one simple little verse from the prophet Habakkuk. And as you know, we're continuing our series on the fruit of the Spirit. Our goal for this series is that we'll begin to see the Holy Spirit do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And for this reason, a fundamental part of the study is that I have encouraged us all to begin each day with the prayer we learned from John Stott. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Today we're looking at the fourth quality of the Spirit's fruit, and that's patience. And in our age of hyper-connectivity, patience is becoming a lost art. More and more we expect things to happen immediately. Some of you may remember this. It used to be whenever you purchased an item via mail order, you were reminded in the small print, please allow four to six weeks for delivery. But there's no four to six week stipulation these days. With Amazon, it's typically two days, and they're working on same-day delivery everywhere because they know people don't like to wait. It used to be that when you called someone and they weren't home, you just heard the phone ring and ring and ring and ring. I mean, no machine picked it up, and if they were home but on the phone, you just got a busy signal. No matter how much you needed to or wanted to speak to them, you just had to wait. Today, technology has decreased the amount of time spent waiting to connect via phone. It used to be that when doing business internationally, you could take next to forever. If there were contracts involved, you had to wait for the mail to find its way halfway around the world and find its way back again. Today, of course, you can sign the contract, uh, send the the PDF as an attachment, and you're good to go. I could go on and on, but technological advances are great, but... And I'm not suggesting we abandon them, but the fact is they tend to increase our penchant for impatience. You could say patience is in the short supply. We want what we want, and we want it now. Now, we see examples of impatience every day in others, don't we? And if we look closely enough, and if we listen to the Holy Spirit, we'll also catch examples of impatience in ourselves. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is patience. Like every aspect of the Spirit's fruit, there's a quality we must cultivate. So today we're going to learn how to cultivate patience in three key areas of life. We need to be more patient with certain situations, more patient with others. We need to be more patient with ourselves. So let's look at how patience applies to each of these. The first idea is that patience is a willingness to wait just a little bit longer. Now, this may seem obvious, but it's a willingness we need to cultivate. When we're impatient in certain situations, sometimes our impatience isn't only with the situation. It's with the one who controls the situation. And here I'm talking about our Heavenly Father. We tend to complain to God when things don't come together as quickly as we'd like. Andy Stanley said that when it comes to waiting for the right time, we tend to look at the clock, but God looks at the calendar. Now, that's because God's timing is perfect and he knows so much more about the situation than you and I, you or I ever will. So one of the things that he knows that we so often forget is that the simple act of waiting will make you a better person. There's an interesting study that was conducted by Stanford University back in the 90s that taught us something about this. And what they, what they learned was children were offered a marshmallow and were told you can have one marshmallow now or two in 20 minutes. 
Now, some kids said, 20 minutes? Who wants to wait 20 minutes? I'll take my marshmallow now. And other kids said, well, 20 minutes is nothing. I'll hold out for the second marshmallow. Now, over the course of decades, here's what the study determined. The children who were able to delay their gratification and wait for that second marshmallow were more successful as adults. They had lower rates of divorce, lower rates of addiction, higher SAT scores, better salaries, and were less likely to be overweight. Isn't that amazing? Practicing patience, the ability to delay gratification just a little longer, makes you a better person and gives you a better life. Now, many times we think we're waiting until God is finally ready to resolve a situation, but the truth could be that he's waiting until you are ready. He's waiting for you to become the person he created you to be, a person conformed to the image of Jesus, the Messiah, filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you find yourself impatient with the situation and impatient with God's timing, remember what he said to the prophet Habakkuk. This is in chapter 2, verse 3. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end. It will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. These words spoken to Habakkuk in a specific situation for his day and time also apply to us today. The solution to your situation will come at the appointed time. Though it lingers, wait for it. Patience is the willingness to say, I can put off that marshmallow just a little while longer. I trust that God is in control of this situation. I'll give him time to do what he needs to do in my life and make me the person he created me to be. Now, this patience that we show toward difficult situations, we also need to extend to others. And here's the second idea to consider. Patience is a willingness to give others room to grow. The worst thing that could happen for any of us would be that God should suddenly decide to be as impatient with you and me as we are often with one another. This is where our patience most often wears thin. It's how we relate to other people. We see it in traffic, in the line at the supermarket. We see it in the waiting room. If you make someone wait, you'll probably hear about it. In fact, while I was putting the notes for this message together, I could think of three situations in which one person was rude to another in public simply because they had to wait. Now, our impatience with others includes an unspoken subtext. It's this, I am better than you are. I am more important than you are. For example, an impatient person might say, if I'm about to pull into your parking space at the Walmart parking lot, I shouldn't have to wait for you to carefully put your groceries in the trunk and return the shopping cart to the shopping cart and then buckle your multitude numbers of kids into their car seats and adjust your rearview mirror before you finally decide to back out. I mean, come on, get a move on. I, don't have to, I shouldn't have to wait because my time is valuable and you're wasting it. Now, recently someone was telling me about someone he had a problem with. He He said, he keeps making these promises to do better, and he keeps letting me down. And after a couple of minutes of this, I decided to say, well, since you're talking to me about this, I'm assuming you're interested in my feedback so I can toss out an idea for consideration. He said, yeah, go ahead. And I said, well, what about your promises to do better? I'm not referring to your conflict with this person. I'm just talking about other areas. I mean, what's your own personal self-improvement batting average? I ask him that question because all too often we're all about embracing the never-ending supply of God's grace for ourselves. But we expect others to clean up their act in short order. Back in the 1960s, people would wear buttons that had these letters on them, P-B-P-G-I-F-W-M-Y. It stood for, please be patient, God isn't finished with me yet. Now this is a great attitude for us to 
for us to extend to others, to recognize that God is doing his work in this other person's life as well. And so I can be patient with you as God is with me. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate with one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. This is something we often find difficult to remember, that, but that person who is so much trying your patience isn't any less perfect than you are. If God can be patient with you, you can be patient with others. Paul also said in Ephesians 4 to be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, every time I'm tempted to lose patience and tell someone that they're driving me up the wall, I need to stop and remember that my wall is already full of people I have driven up there because God isn't finished with me yet either. I need your patience and your mercy and your forgiveness, and I need room to grow. We all need it. In fact, it is at this point that we run into a bit of self-contradiction. On the one hand, we tend to be completely blind to our own faults and foibles while we point out the faults of others, or we become so aware of our faults and foibles that we obsess to the point of neurosis. And by the way, I, I can be guilty of both on the same day. Now that leads me to the um, my next point, and, and that is this. Patience is a willingness to try again. When we stop being overly critical of others we decide and we decide to take a closer look at ourselves, it can get a little bit discouraging. And again, I'm speaking from experience. I, I've been a believer for many years, and I still struggle in some of the same areas. When you get serious about holiness, I want you to know that there will be times when you must deal with discouragement head on. Holiness doesn't just happen nearly as quickly as we would like. And if you don't believe it, believe me, try it. I mean, holiness, like patience, is a process that develops over time. It involves a willingness to try again. I mean, how many times have you heard this verse? For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. That's Proverbs 24:16. The difference between the righteous and the unrighteous is that the righteous get back up. Now, sometimes that's the hardest thing in the world to do. It's so much easier to quit. It's so much easier to say, you know, I'm tired of failing in this area. I should just surrender to the idea that I'll always be this way and give up. And at that moment, the Spirit should speak into your heart. No, don't give up. Be as patient with yourself as God has been patient with you. A few minutes ago, I talked about giving others room to grow. And now I'm saying giving yourself room to grow as well. I'm saying, please be patient with yourself because God isn't finished with you yet either. There comes a time in every person's quest for spiritual growth when they must say, I will not use the put-downs of others as an excuse to give up of myself. I'll try again. There's a promise you can claim. It's in Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God has begun a mighty work in you that you should be conformed to the image of his son Jesus. He will finish what he started. It goes without saying that the more you surrender yourself to him, the more you will grow into his likeness. But no matter how you look at it, it's a process that takes time. It's a process that requires your patience. In this age of instant everything, it's hard for someone to accept the idea that in God's economy, everything doesn't happen in the flesh. The difficult situations you face, he'll resolve them at the appointed time and teach you some lessons along the way, lessons that will make you better and make your life better. Those people who try your patience, let them be a reminder of the patience God has shown to you. And let yourself be an example to them of God's patience to us all. 
And when it comes to your own struggles, your own failures, and you're tempted to give up, show the same patience with yourself that God has shown to you and everyone else. Try again. Yes, friends, God has promised to cause every situation to work together for, the, for good, and he promised to finish the work he began in each of us until we are like Jesus. That's his promise. How about Habakkuk 2.3 one more time? Though it linger, wait for it. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion.